Good day and welcome to the Tech Central podcast. My name is Daniel Robus and today's edition is sponsored by Vox Telecom. And we are joined by Rudy Pothitter, Executive Head of Guardian Eye at Vox. Rudy, it's great to have you in our studio session. Thank you for joining us. How has Vox been over the last two years of COVID? How has the company performed? Daniel, thank you and welcome to all your listeners. So I think we've been blessed. You say that lightheartedly because so many people haven't been blessed. Mm. But I think the world of technology embraces pandemics and situations like COVID. Very quickly that we have to expand our offices into our homes. Uh, what does that mean? It means people need decent connectivity at home. They need decent equipment to work on. People in finance needed printers to print off, et cetera, et cetera. So rather than being opportunistic about this and trying to just think of the monetization of epidemics and pandemics like this, we really sat together, brainstormed, and tried to understand how can we help the end user out there. The economy needs to keep going. We need to be able to put bread and butter on our tables. This is an ITC systems integrator, assist the end user and the corporate out there to keep this wheel and this big sausage machine of our economy going during the situation we find ourselves in. That's amazing. And your website is full and it really starts with who are we and what do we stand for? And I think that stands everybody in good stead if we are focused on the why we're in business. You've been at Vox for a while now. How has that influenced you in your management style of your team? There is a separation in the people that can work from home and the people that can't work from home. There's a, there's a definite number one job requirement, part of the business that I run as a offsite CCTV control room. Those people obviously can't work from home. Logistically and technology-wise, we can probably make it work. But rules and regulations that we are bound by the acts such as the Poppy Act, as well as governing bodies such as CIRO that regulates the security industry, prohibits us from doing that from home. Other than that, I've got very senior staff working with me. We all know something, and you know that that's how you measure it. And we are family, and me and my team know that we all are here for one common goal, to run a successful business. If we run a successful business, we all get a salary at the end of the month, mm. probably a pay rise at the end of the financial year, and hopefully a bonus in December. And I'm glad and I'm fortunate to be working with the people that I am working with. You know, when we were in preparation for this call, Rudy, I came into this thinking Vox is a telecom company. How did you get into these areas which are so diverse from telecoms? How have the board given you just mandate to do this? Yeah, so Daniel, I think we thought thinkers in the business, every single person we employ are entrepreneurs. We have long gone shed that, that I think just sometimes in our title, we still see the telecoms part of it. We long gone shed that telecoms box that we used to be in. We focus on over 180 products in our product stack. We do anything from Microsoft consulting to email marketing to we've got a, a massive cloud business both in Microsoft Azure as well as on-premise in, in Terraco. The business that I head up looks after our physical security, believe it or not, as well as Internet of Things, which is what we're chatting on late in this discussion today. We've diversified. I think you have to diversify your risk. And I think the only thing constant in the world of technology are the changes. And if you don't adapt yourself, you're going to die. And I think at Vox, we're very, very well at adapting. That seems to be the flavor that I get through your website, and it's just refreshing how many areas you're playing in and giving your teams the opportunity. But if we do hone in, 
you know, we're talking about ice today and the product and an article you put out a couple of months ago talks around South Africa's elderly population, which is growing and more than 9% of the country's citizens are in that demographic with about 55% of them stating they cannot afford to save towards retirement and living in a care facility. Fox has turned themselves to leveraging cost-effective and user-friendly technology innovations to unlock the potential for telecare. So first of all, what is telecare? Previously, I said when the pandemic hit South Africa, we tried to be not opportunistic. We tried to say, how can we make difference in people's lives? That's in our ethos. That's what we do on a daily basis. That's what we strive for. We want to be able to bring value in your lives, whether it's mm. at your business or whether it's at your home. So why don't we get into IoT? IoT is not a new concept. It's been around for 20, 30, 40 years. The easiest way of explaining IoT to you is a tracking device in your vehicle. Tracking device in your vehicle is a computer that speaks to a server, that computer makes autonomous decisions, unemotional decisions based on a rule set, based on a fact set. And what do I mean by that? People's emotions get involved and we make stupid decisions. We make the wrong decisions. We delay our decisions. What does a tracking device do? We set up a rule set. We say, Daniel, as a geofence, we don't like him going into, I don't know, Joburg CBD. And as soon as Daniel drives in there, his loved ones gets an SMS from the system. It's not a user that decides whether it's, oh, it's a Tuesday. The CBD is normally quiet on a Tuesday. No, there's a geofence. Daniel's breached the geofence. We're going we're gonna to make an informed decision on it based on technology, based on a fact and rules. But two, three years ago, our CEO, Jacques Tatoy, went to the annual Sigfox Connect event. I think at the time it was in Barcelona and came across this product that we've launched in South Africa called Vox Ice. What is telecare? Telecare is remote care, remote medicine, remote there's various ways, shapes, or forms of it. But I think it's very, very pertinent in where we are today with the pandemic that's brought upon us. Mm. Daniel, my mom stays in a small little town out in Limpopo. And during the pandemic, she was alone. My stepdad passed away a couple of years ago. During the pandemic, two, three, four weeks, we would go past the lockdown last year without her having a visitor. That's scary for somebody yeah. that loves that person. Yeah. yeah. You hear what I'm saying? So, so what did we do? We joined technology with this requirement. And we found a product, international-based product, that allows us to monitor and report on our elderly even when we're not there. And I'm more pertinent now in this pandemic when we can't do this. Absolutely. And I think the challenges that we are facing in our country are, you know, with a lot of skilled people immigrating, moving away from the rural areas, we're getting more and more elderly people that are left on their own. I don't think we covered enough for me what is involved in telecare, which is coming as part of the service. Can we just delve into what the service does and then we can get into the telecare even more? So what does Fox Ice actually do for you? So I'm going to start off with leading on to your discussion and saying that, that economically, all of us are driven to the big cities. And now more so, the big cities might not be on our continent. Our careers progress and mostly only in the big economic collapse. Some of us, most of us, come from small rural towns. Our parents and our loved ones and our elderly still live there. We are a nation of caring. I've said this many times. We don't walk away from our parents. Even though my mom stays 200 kilometers away from me, I don't walk away from her. I still have her. I still phone her once a week, WhatsApp every day. But in times of need, when there's a problem, who are they to care for? The older we get, 
uh, I'm already there, the more stubborn we get. Um, yeah. We're always fine. When I phone my mom, are you okay? Yes, I'm always okay. The, the answer is always the same. I'm going to go back to my initial statement about IoT. Technology doesn't have emotions. It doesn't lie. Um, it follows rule sets and it drives results out of that rule set. Right? So what is Vox Ice? Vox Ice is a bunch of IoT sensors that we deploy. They're non-intrusive. I want to make very, very clear. When I told my mom about this and I said, I want to come test some tech in your house, immediately said, no, who's going to see what and what are they? It's not. It's, it's almost nothing more than an, an alarm PIR sensor that you see in your home. A smoke the detector. Sensors, 100%. It uses infrared technology to pick up movement in the house. It's got the ability to distinguish between human movement and pet movement. But it has, so, so, so again, step back. Sensors are dumb sensors. They're just devices that could collect the information. They're in means to an end. The intelligence lies in our cloud-based platform that uses AI and deep learning to understand what's normal in your home and then to report on the app normal. So what do I mean by that? Normal movement, we are creatures of habit. I get up every single morning at the same time. In my house, it's anything from five to half past five. I go switch on the kettle. I open up for my Labrador. We are routine, creatures of habit, creatures of routine. The, yeah. the software is intelligent enough to start understanding what's normal for a household and then yeah. start reporting on the app normal. We've got just informative alarms to say the back door's been left open or your parent or, or, or the person that we're monitoring this more than usual abnormal movement at night. And then we've got critical alerts where there's no movement for a while. There's rapid movement followed by no movement. That could mean a fall. Yeah. You know that, that over the age of 85, falls contribute, I think it's 67% of all unnatural deaths are attributed to falls in the elderly. Daniel, you, you're going to pull your hair out sure. when you hear this up. I read an article a couple of months ago. It was in December, uh, a suburb in Pretoria North, where an 85-year-old lady stood on a ladder to paint the kitchen ceiling, fell off the ladder, 85 years old, fell off the ladder, laid in the, in the um, kitchen for three days before her neighbors discovered her. No. Three whole days at, at the age of 85. My mom tells me the other day, she puts a chair on top of a table to stand to change the light bulbs in the kitchen. She's 73 years old. What happens to that person when, when emergency happens? Yeah. yeah. If there's nobody yeah. there, we only can look at technology. I'm sorry to bring this up in a South African context, and we've got a lot of remote areas and elderly living on their own. Crime is just such a big thing. We've spoken about telemedicine and telecare. Does Vox Ice also take into consideration security of these people? Is it a security emergency uh, caller as well? Was that something that gets added onto it? Inherently, no. The answer is no. Okay. But if you look at the type of alerts that are generated, we do have door contacts. Those door contacts also understand your normal movement. Those door contacts will alert on a door being left open after hours or all of a sudden opening after hours. Um, the movement the sensor. Exactly. Yeah. The movement sensor will also pick up when there's more than one person moving around in the house. So it's not built for security, but it's going to alarm on that. It's going to say, there's an alert. We pick up rapid movement. There's a problem here. And I want to touch on something that you maybe haven't asked, but that your statement might be think of it is you 100% right. Most of our elderly live in these rural areas. Definitely the elderly that cannot afford this type of care that they probably need at their golden years. 
And the reason why we then chose the IoT technology to cater for this requirement is exactly that problem. We cannot rely anymore on our power provider to keep our appliances up in the house. So I can't go and put something in and plug it into the wall plug and think if that wall plug goes down, I'll still be okay. And for the same reason, I cannot rely on that power provider to give me access to power in a rural village in the north of Limpopo. IoT technology allows us to mitigate that problem. And how is ICE then powered? Is it battery powered with solar backups? How do we enable this? Yeah, so the power that we use is battery powered. It is high quality batteries. It's not your stock standard battery you're going to go and get in your local supermarket. We also suggest to replace the batteries by ordering batteries from us so that you don't have the problem. The technology of IoT, because the communication packets are so tiny, that device that sits in your room, I've actually got one on my desk. I'll show it to the camera in a second. That device that sits in the corner of your room that monitors movement, the packet size are bytes that are being sent to the server. It's not even kilobytes, it's not megs, it's bytes, which means that the amount of battery that we require is limited and not a lot, which gives us the ability to have probably three to five years battery life out of a single sensor, 100%. That's, so Daniel, that I wanted to add to that because... Sorry, totally go for it. suitable to South Africa's market. So we, we can 100%. look after these folk at a low cost per kilobyte or byte, but we know that they're still in contact. So what are you restricted by when you're looking at, I mean, your mom north of Limpopo, is the coverage, are we restricted by coverage? What is your, what constrains you on rolling it out? What would you look for in a site for rolling out? So firstly, let's talk about connectivity. I've alluded to a partner called Sigfox earlier on. Sigfox is a IoT-specific built network. It's a global network headquartered out of France. It's rolled out in Southern Africa, I'll say in the, in the SADC countries. So some of our other users of the network would be, for instance, faster tracking, and I can then track that device even if it goes cross-border, etc. The other reason why we use Sigfox is it's quite dense in populated South Africa. If I speak about populated South Africa, it's essentially every major and smaller cities out there. In a previous discussion that I had with somebody, I wanted to say, uh, you know, we don't cover an area like Pofada, and I went onto the map and I saw we actually do cover Pofada. <laughs> we, we, we did an excursion to the Hrabi's waterfall when it was in full flood a couple of months ago or a month ago. And our marketing guy took one of my tracking devices with him and I tracked him all the way to Hrabi's. So, so I'm thinking... <laughs> Areas such as the very rural Northern Cape, we might struggle with coverage. But as of the rest of South Africa, we've got very good coverage. That Sigfox network allows us then to transmit this very efficiently back to our service and then obviously process the data. The other point I wanted to make about the coverage, Daniel, that's very important to note is, is I can also, because of the target market, not rely on the home to have internet or rely on the home's internet. What if we have a breakage in in service, copper theft, whatever that might be? I have to be autonomous from the house's power and from the house's connectivity. The only other inhibiting factor that we have is, is, and it's very important to note, is the solution is not designed or is only designed for single living people. A sensor cannot understand more than one person's movement patterns because it can't. If I coupled it with video and I did, Facial recognition, I could say to you, this is really moving. But now I'm infringing in people's privacy and I need massive bandwidth requirements, etc. Et yeah. the, the box eye sensors cannot distinguish between who's moving. It can distinguish yeah. between whether it's your pet or you. 
Um, so that's the only other factor. It's, it's for single living people living predominantly on their own. That's great. We now understand that. So when we have a single living granny who's living on her own or granddad who's living on his own, a son like you or a daughter can then subscribe to the service. We're going to set up their home. We're going to set up the sensors. When the sensor is triggered, when it picks up that something's gone wrong, what happens then? So, Daniel, uh, interesting question. And I think, again, I want to preempt it with a statement. This, I think rightfully so, the, the ideal client is not necessarily the old person. The ideal client is actually the young person. Because if I ask my mom, she's fine. It's always yes, fine. That's, yes. that's, that's, that's the standard saying, response. That's why you're paying for it and your 100%. mom's getting the service. So, so what happens <laughs> when, there's no, when, there's, when the alarm is triggered? What happens? So, we deliver the notification either through a web app, SMS, or a smart application on your phone. And depending on whether it's a critical alert or, or just a routine alert, we will escalate it. We can deliver the alert to multiple people. So I might have a caregiver that I call on when my mother's ill to go and look after her or just do a welfare check. That alert could be delivered directly to myself or to the caregiver or to both of us, vice versa. And obviously with the world of internet, like you said, doesn't matter where in the world you are, you'll get this alarm. That's amazing. So you will then get the alarm and then we will be able to initiate action to get in contact with the patient or the person who requires care. I'm not sure the PC term for that, the elderly person. Where does the telecare then come into it? Is that the limit of the care? So this is not for doctor appointment. I've got arthritis, give me over the telephone care. That's This is no. to make sure that you haven't fallen over, you're not locked in the bathroom. Excellent. That's excellent. So So we have have business partners that extends that service and says, you know what, I will receive that alarm and I'll go and do that welfare check on your behalf because you might be in London and and I am local in Johannesburg, Pretoria, wherever. But in essence, all it is is it gives you that preemptive warning that there's a problem. You know, falls in the elderly. We did quite a a lot of research with a professor in UCT in Cape Town. And falls in the elderly, they speak about the golden hour. Within the golden hour, if that person does not get specialist care within the golden hour, every 15 minutes, mortality rate increases every 15 minutes thereafter. So it's vital for us to just be able to get somebody out there to give that basic Mm. care and ensure that that person then gets specialist care. Amazing. How difficult is it for anybody to use the service, to get the service? Is there anything they have to do? No, No, not really, Daniel. We could ship the devices and you can plug and play, so to speak. The device has got a little uh, double-sided tape on the back. You stick it on the wall. We tell you where to stick it. Little holes. You can drill it in if you want to have it more secure. The batteries are not fitted, so you just fit the batteries and you'll see a light starts flashing and you know the the device is working. Lox has offices in, in all provinces. We've got technical representation in virtually any small town. I want to carry on on a previous conversation where we spoke about the telecom versus the ICT. Connectivity is still the golden highway that gives us the ability to bring the smart technology to the fore. So we've invested heavily in layer two fiber services through uh, one of our subsidiaries, Frogfoot. And we are focusing, in actual fact, on a lot of the smaller towns. So while the race has arguably been won by certain service providers, including ourselves and most of the metros, Vox has focused over the past 18 months a lot 
in the smaller towns. Towns yeah. like Ermelo, uh, Grahamstown, you know, you name it, we're busy rolling fiber out there. And, and what that brings us is that brings us technical skill in all of those outlying regions. So if yeah. you don't want to pull off the double-sided tape and stick it yourself, call on us, we'll come and install it for you. Excellent. Now the burning question. How much is it going to cost me? We try to keep it as affordable as possible. For a small little flat that you normally see typically your elderly uh, living in, it's about 360 rand a month. You have the sensors installed and subscribed to the service. Depending then on the amount of rooms and back doors and front doors and side doors, we might have to increase that. But we've created like almost a, let's call it a pick a mix, almost a rock and mama's menu. You go and select what you want out of it and it starts building up. But a minimum package, I would say, comes in at about 360 rand a month. And do we need any maintenance or is it pluck and play? There we go. Yeah. The only thing that you could have is either a loss in connectivity or a loss in power due to the batteries being flat. The platform warns you well in advance if there's an issue with your battery life. It'll tell you, based on your historic usage of these devices, we predict that you've got six months left in the device. Contact Vox will send you new batteries. Connectivity perspective, I mean, those are the evils we live with every day. The likes of load shedding could affect the tower. We could have some connectivity loss. It's never permanent. It's never longer than a couple of minutes or an hour or so. Excellent. Rudy, you've spoken through why, you've spoken through where the company is, what the product is, how much it's costing. I want to ask you three questions in summary as the leader of Vox and where you're going. First of all, what are you most excited about being released from a Vox perspective around us in the next six months? Secondly, from your focus for the next quarter, what are you putting your team onto? And then thirdly, for a other people who are listening here, what advice would you give them when they're thinking about caring for their elderly and specifically around the ice area? I think just ice lawns as a whole is super exciting for me. I describe myself as a geek. I love anything shiny technology. And this is something that really excites me. It's something where I definitely feel we're going to make a difference in people's lives. We've had a lot of exposures through platforms like yourselves. We're very grateful for it. We've seen the first couple of devices going to the field. We're super excited to see the difference we're going to make. If I just think of my own mother, thinking of her standing on a chair changing a light bulb, how dangerous is that? And how long will she be lying there in pain before somebody actually comes along? And to me, to be able to make a difference is excellent. I'm a caring person. I'm a parent. I've got two children. I've got a wife for 22 years. Nurture is in me. And the love of technology combined with that caring personality is, to me, the dream product to take to market. Awesome. What advice would you give to anybody that's listening when it comes to looking at technology for their elderly parents that they might be looking after? Yeah, so I think overcome your fears. If you are a bit BCR, but before computers, before technology, embrace your fears, reach out to us, let us educate you. I think the world of technology just makes our lives so much easier. Um, we don't have to work hard anymore. We have to work smart. I always say to my kids, you've only got two true friends in life. It's Google and Excel. With Google and Excel, you, <laughs> you can overcome every problem and any problem on earth. Um, so I want to say embrace the technology. We're here to make a difference. You can't put a price on people's lives. And if you are, which is in our DNA in South Africa, if you are a person that loves your loved ones and can't be there every day, look at technology to solve that problem for you. I absolutely love that. Rudy Portgetter, thank you for giving us your time from Tech Central. Thank you for this very informative session. I 
absolutely love this product and specifically because it's a first in South Africa and where it's going. I'm just going to be watching as this thing takes over. I think it's really got a huge space here. And thank you for giving your team the opportunity to make this thing. It's brilliant. Thank you so much for the platform, for the opportunity. And thank you to all your listeners tuning in. I hope to chat soon. Lekker. From me, Daniel Robus, hosting the Tech Central podcast, I'd like to say thank you, Vox, for sponsoring. Vox, now Integrator. And go onto the website, have a look at what they do. From my side, Daniel Robus, signing off. Thank you so much.